Today's Diana Prince is lovely brown. She's a passionate advocate for mental health, self-expression, and personal growth. Through her podcast, Healing Through Conversations, Lovely aims to create a safe space for open dialogue and exploration of life's lessons, failures, and successes. By sharing stories and experiences in a relaxed conversational setting, she believes that we can all gain valuable insights and learn to articulate our emotions better, becoming advocates for ourselves and for those we care about. I thank you for joining me on Diana Prince. Thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate uh, the chance to be able to talk to you today. Well, we have a great conversation today because it's about conversations. <laughs> yes. And it is your expertise, I understand. Oh my yes. goodness. I Yeah, I'm excited to speak to you because we don't a lot of us don't understand the power of a conversation, the power of our words when they leave our mouths. It is so much more than just ordering food at a restaurant, (laughs) or even just, even when you can articulate your feelings, you don't really understand the power that it has to to release you from something. So that's what we're going to all talk about. And you're here as a pro, you give me your pro insight. I'll give you my non-pro insight. I feel like we're all pros on conversation. We just don't know it. <laughs> not, not, no, actually, I, I do have a history with conversation. So it hits near and dear to my heart. I always tell people that uh, I don't have words and I don't have words on some things. Um, hold on. You froze. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Me. Okay. We're going to keep going. Okay. Did it come back in? Not yet. Oh, this. Okay, we're good. We're good because that's what editing is for. Okay. Are you did okay? Come... Yes. Did it come back in yet? You're. I see you. Okay. Woo. All right. All right. We're just going to continue where we left off. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So I I tell you know folks sometimes when I'm in uh in a particular situation that I'm not comfortable with, and I I, I go blank deer in the headlight situation. And I always tell people, I don't have words to get myself out of something that is an acute situation. So it, 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 having, having the ability to speak on your behalf is important, but we don't always have the tool, you know, and we don't always have the expertise. And I know that you are a conversation expert, so let's just dive in. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the big things that I learned from having such poor communication skills when I was younger um, was that it was always a, the miscommunication was usually like three sentences. It was either something that I said that made the person where they didn't fully understand how I emoted feelings. Like sometimes we're so passionate about what we have to say that the tone throws people off. Or sometimes it's just like you miss, you miss the cue from the person. But also, yeah. we also forget that conversation is your body. It's your face. My face does not always speak on behalf of my mind. It is a very different no. look sometimes. And I ha- I, I, when I get, in, get caught up in a situation that is uncomfortable, and for me, it's always more of a confrontational thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm in a confrontational situation, 
I, I, you know, shit comes to me like 20 minutes later after I'm out of it. Like I should have said this. I should have said that. I should have stood up for myself. And man, I, while I'm in it, deer in the head, like nobody knows that they're hurting me or anything like that. It's just like, <laughs> I, know. I just You're like the conversational yeah, regret. And, there are no, and words are not just, are not popping into my mouth. There's just nothing coming out. I have to remove myself. And all of a sudden, everything comes comes gushing. Yes. And then it looks premeditated so, if you try to start it over. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> I would re-script that shit. <laughs> like, I was standing up for myself or something <laughs> like that. So what is it? Like, so why don't we, why don't we start a little bit, um, you know, in terms of your background and how you got into using conversation as your healing tool. Absolutely. What made you do that? So my professional career was in law and I'm still there. And one of the things that you have to learn how to do when you work in with attorneys (laughs) is you have to learn how to articulate yourself very clearly as soon as possible because you are dealing with, I deal with litigators. Their job is to find the flaw. Their job is to pick what you say apart. And I'm a straight shooter, even to the detriment of myself. Like, I'm not going to lie to you to make you feel better, but I'm also not going to lie to myself to make me feel better. But what I learned 25 years, I've been in legal field for 25 years. What I learned was there are a lot of people who don't actually say how they feel. And we spend so much time trying to heal ourselves from a conversation that could have taken five minutes. If somebody comes to you, they say something that hurts your feelings. Instead of you being able to articulate yourself because you're caught in your emotions, you then spend the next two and a half hours trying to detox and talk about it. You have to talk about it to the secretary next to you. You have to talk about it to the HR person. You have to talk about it to your spouse. And then how much work have you fallen behind on because you couldn't get that out. So I said, yeah. okay, okay. But they would come to me, explain to me what was happening. I would explain back to them what they said to me. This is what you can do. They would walk off, do that thing, get it done. It's fixed. But you don't know if that's what you're doing initially. Because I think being you could be a mom, a sister, a cousin. If you're the person that everybody comes to to fix it, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to mitigate your own time. And you're having all these conversations and so many people are leaving baggage at your door and you're thinking to yourself, you guys really want me to fix this. My life could be falling apart too. So I have to learn how to say, hey, I'm having a bad day or I don't feel really good today. Or what you said to me is more than what I can handle. It's too much on my plate right now. And that re- that requires vulnerability. It, remind, it, it requires trust, openness. And that's not something that a lot of us have. It's not something that a lot of us have because we weren't taught that way. If you lived in a house where you had the children are only meant to be seen and not heard, if you live in a, if your cultural background is that children are only valuable through service. Mm -hmm. So then you learn how to be quiet and please the person. You learn how to say what pleases the person, which, which isn't articulating your thoughts. It's articulating the person that you're trying to please thoughts. That's very different. Yeah. So you said something that that just caught my ear. 
um, the vulnerability piece of it. Oh, in the scenarios that I mentioned to you, you hit it right in the nail on the head. And I never, I never gave that much thought is that I am in a vulnerable spot. Yeah. So the only, so, so, but I'm, yeah, at the moment, or when we took this on, I, re, furthest thing from my mind is that I was, that I was in a vulnerable spot, but you're right. I'm in a vulnerable spot and God forbid, you know, I let, you know, I, if I say something, I'm going to say the wrong thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to you know, let somebody know that they got to me. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, uh, or I'm going to think like, I look like a fool or something. It's that vulnerability piece of it. I, I really, wow. That, that is mind blowing to me because I never really piece that together as to what's happening to me. And it's just like, there, these words aren't coming. Yeah, but they you are. are so, I don't, I'm in a very, uncom- when I say uncomfortable, never thought that it was vulnerable. Absolutely. And I think that's what we sometimes lose because like I always say, you have all these cultural intersections when it comes to speaking your mind. If you were raised in a space where the women never talk back to the men, or you were raised where the women are like, they are the hierarchy and the men just show up and then they back out because they're told what to do. If you're raised in a space where you, you have different religious backgrounds or spiritual backgrounds, you're, all of these intersections play a part in how we argue or how we get our point across. And when you're mm-hmm. articulating your thoughts, you have all of those things firing in your head at the same time. Am I going to come off as, as crass? Does this look respectful? Am I going to hurt the person's feelings? What kind of relationship do we have together? Do I want to talk to this person again? Do I really mean what I say? I just need a moment. Because if we could mm-hmm. push pause in the middle of the argument and pause and go, oh, you really hurt my feelings. You hurt my feelings and I'm disappointed that we're having this conversation. It would make such a big yeah. difference, but we can't pause. <laughs> we can't. Yeah, there, there are there is no pause. But you help me though in understanding where I'm coming from, and always thinking because it's always, you know, it's you know, a, an encounter at the DMV. Oh. I'm not throwing shade at the DMV or anything like that. I am <laughs> throwing all the shade. But I see myself like with family members and people I love, and I could definitely um, avoid some difficult conversation, but those other conversations that you think are just like a transactional conversation and you're like, Oh, I should have stood up. No, that's where I wasn't putting the attention to. Now, now, since you mentioned the vulnerability, that is just to me you know, a wonderful thing. And I'm sure a lot of people out there get tongue tied <laughs> when they're up against some, something like that. So you do. And especially you say the DMV, I mean, you, walking there with war paint on already you know it's the I always tell people it's the equivalent of depending on how you were raised or you know, how you look at finances it's that breath you take when you swipe your debit card or your credit card mm-hmm. you know the money's there you know yeah. it's there but you're praying that the eh, eh, eh doesn't happen because because mm-hmm. it, it shuts you down you completely there's money on the card I swear I'm trying to let me get this together just (laughs) instead of going maybe the strip isn't working or maybe I need to change something else but the vulnerability that openness to what did you just say okay yeah wow wow yeah so 
tell me um, when we're looking, when we're talking about conver- conversations, and you mentioned the the, the cycle about you know, at the, in the office how we can have an interaction with somebody, but instead of handling it right there, we go and you know sp- spread it everywhere else as opposed to dealing with it. We're, we're pulling in the crowd. We're ganging up on them. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to all bring in. But how does, like, uh, walk me through how, a con- how having that conversation with that person, how does it serve you when the words escape from your mouth and you do say, well, you know, whatever, let's say um, it's a situation where somebody is just being a little, um, where you have to set a boundary. You, yeah. you use the example of, of, of the office a chatterbox that's that comes by and everything, and you have to set a boundary, but you never do. Yes. What happens when you finally do set that boundary and those words come out? And what is that feeling? What does it do for the person? Let's walk a person who's never done it through it. What should they expect? Well, first, let me say be this thing. You have to have, you have to accept, be able to accept that somebody is not going to agree with you. You have to be very, and people pleasing, we do it so well. We spread people mm-hmm. pleasing around like oxygen. And yeah. it, it is a hard thing to break out of, but you have to accept the fact that you may offend somebody by putting up boundaries. And I will tell you mm-hmm. this, anyone who, violate your boundaries on purpose, they don't respect you already. They've already put you in a separate box. But what it looks like is, so say for instance, Sarah comes over to your desk every day at three o'clock. She knows that at three o'clock, your boss gives you the last set of documents that he needs by 4.15. And then she comes over and say, did he give you the, the information yet? Every day he gives you five minutes. You're just sitting there typing. And sometimes you have to stop and say, Sarah, can I have a conversation? Because these kind of conversations to avoid a lot of conflict need to be done in semi-private. You don't want to be in a space where there's a possibility that a blow could be thrown because that's not what you want. But you also don't Mm want to do it in front of everybody. And you say, Sarah, I really want to talk to you. I want to have conversations. which I enjoy having conversations with you. But when you come over at three o'clock, it diminishes my concentration and I lose focus. And I don't want to be here after five. And if you could please stop that, we may be able to, we're going to have, we could maybe make this conversation work after five. We could maybe have this conversation during lunch hour. You're going to have two things happen. One, she's going to get offended because she's been called out. And usually people who are called out when they know that they are the problem, make you the problem. So you have mm-hmm. to be okay with being the problem. Okay, this is going to escalate to HR, but I don't want to escalate to HR. But let's just, for conversational purposes, okay, I'm the bad guy, but I still need to get my work done. And if the result is that Sarah stops coming by your desk, you're going to get your work done. It's a win. But the second thing that could happen is that Sarah may not, because no one's ever addressed her. There's a lot of people in the office that, people won't address. She doesn't even pay attention. Her life is a different lifestyle. So she's Mm -hmm. thinking, I'm sorry. I didn't know I did that. I didn't know that was a problem. I I apologize. 
and now both you both win because you've strengthened your relationship with your coworker. They now have that, your back. That's the best case scenario. That's the best case scenario. <laughs> I can tell you that my, my the first case scenario of the becoming the bad guy is usually what happens, and then they start the gossip train. They that's what happens. Yeah, but they leave. There's a defense mechanism on Absolutely. the other side. Yeah, nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody nope. wants to be, you know. And, uh, so, but what I've learned is that if you tell the truth, it. What happens with a lot of us when we're having conversations? We try to say. Okay, so Lisa likes to have soft conversations. And usually when we're having a conversation, she has like, she may have some water in her hand or she might like a, a brownie. So I'm, we're going to talk about that first. We're not going to talk about the real problem. We're going to say, Lisa, mm-hmm. I know you love brownies and I just love that. And you know, I would love to talk to you after I finish all of this work. But then Lisa never understands where you're coming from. We kind of, we like, walk around the problem. We like massage the yeah, dough you, on the outside, but we never you request, need the you request a transfer for your desk. Yes. And that's <laughs> not but what happens when you have the best desk, your plant is growing great because it's near the window. You're on the end with no like, loud me in a closet. I need to get out of here. <laughs> now, I will tell you because I've worked in a, at a law firm for 25 years, I have requested to move my desk. And you know what happened? Sarah came to my desk. She just walked from one end of the floor to the other end of the floor. And we had to start having very, I've learned over the years that if you have personal conversations with people, direct conversations, we're not, I'm not pulling you in to tell you that you have a beautiful dress on. I'm not pulling you in to tell you that I love your hair. When we have conversations, you disturb me from being able to work. And I don't want to do that. And I'm okay with you not wanting to talk to me, but I will go to HR. I've, I'm really big on addressing the problem because I've learned that later on what happens, it's the same thing in high school. The person who hit second, you were hit, you hit second, you're in trouble. Yeah. You You know what I used to do? Lovely. Uh (laughs) You know what I used to, because I was in the atrium, like I was uh, literally out in in the open and um, yeah, it was, there was a through way. And I got a pair of headphones and I would put them on when I didn't want to be bothered. And they were pretty obnoxious looking. They were red. So no, there was no if, ands, or buts, whether Angela was on her headset. <laughs> I still do that now. Don't worry about it. You're not by yourself. I would put headphones on and not have anything. There's no music. I'm like, I <laughs> There's no music. But it's true. But it's true. We avoid having the conversation. And yeah. it doesn't really... That may have solved a lot of things for me in terms of the fact that, okay, no one's bothering me, but it sure didn't give me the practice I needed to have those conversations yes. because and- like I said, it's, it, when it's confrontational, that's where I freeze up and all of those chances were opportunities just to uh, um, stand, stand up for your myself. Ground. Yeah, stand your ground. Stand my ground, exactly. Yes. Except but- I did a passive aggressive but do do you not argue because of what you may say like I used to be the person that if I was going to argue with you I was dirty like I was going to be the most sarcastic disrespectful person and I had to realize that's not who I was as a person it was my reaction to the community around me to the people around me I wanted to like 
cut you before you cut me, which yeah, oh, never yeah. gets you anywhere. It never gets you anywhere because later on you're yeah. like, oh, that was a little bit. Sometimes it does. I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes you're like, bravo to me, bravo to me. But it's I, all- I think for me, for me, it was like. Um, it's not having, I don't think I had the, um, oh my goodness, just the segue into it, into having mm. that, like how to start it or anything like that. I think by the time I would actually know that something is, is um, let, for lack of a better term, aggravating me or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, in the office or something like that, it, it's already too late. I'm so annoyed at it that, that I'm, I'm you know, as opposed, because I didn't address it for five years oh, <laughs> or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Using that as a random example, but I didn't, ad- because I didn't address it. I'm already now annoyed and, um, oh, and now it, that's where the no words come from, but it's not having it as a tool. Like I think that there's a lot to say when you recognize that you're lacking these, 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 uh, traits. It's. I'm going to say it's like an attribute to have a, a conversation and address it tactfully. Absolutely. I don't always do that. It, I don't it, do that. Things so I, I avoid to, it even more so. Things I've learned, tips when you're having conversations, read the room. Read the room. If everybody's having conversations in a conversational tone, there's no reason for your voice to elevate. A lot of the times the defensiveness comes in when your tone changes because yeah. there, are, there are a lot of our conversations can be had in very conversational tones. Being able to look someone in the eye directly, not looking mm-hmm. around the room when you're having a conversation. And I know culturally some people don't look each other in the eye and I'm not really talking about that, but addressing a person, letting them know, I always say, my, I call it peanut butter and jelly. I love peanut butter. I put peanut butter on both sides of my bread. I put jelly in the middle. So peanut butter, I talk to you about the great things or the good things that I appreciate about what's happening. I try to go with some pros before I go into the con. Then I talk about the cons. We follow up up with some pros. And then we have like a resolution. What can we do to make this better? It doesn't always work because some people are going to aggravate you and you have to be not be comfortable acceptance. It's like grieving a relationship. You have denial, but at the end, it's acceptance. This person may not be where I am. They may not be as mature as I am. Regardless of how you Regardless of what I say. But as long as I've gotten to say, hey, I I like this relationship. I just wish that it could improve in these places. Or when you speak to me like that, it lets me know that you don't respect me. And I don't want to have a relationship with someone who does not respect me. But you have to accept that that relationship could be over. And that's a very hard thing for a lot of us because people pleasing is such a huge, it is just a huge disease that we suffer from. And a lot of women suffer from that more than men. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So we're getting to the tail end of our conversation. So I'm going to segue a little bit. I want to ask you before we sign off. Um, for women out there, I think women, maybe more than men, you know, do have an issue with boundaries and also just, uh, articulating their thoughts, their feelings, the the vulnerability piece is huge on on us. So what would you give a woman that, um, 
let's just say that may be having a hard time just uh, handling, confronting something because the fact that she um, is afraid to have those conversations. I'm just, I know that's imperfect, but you get me. Yeah, no, totally. (laughs) I get you. One, I want her to realize that her voice counts because in this world, a lot of women specifically have been toned out. They're muted. Your voice counts. You, and what you have to say is important. It is very important because if you have people around you who are looking up to you, which most of us do, whether we like it or not, they want to hear what you have to say. Also, how you handle yourself, your personal self, will be how people treat you. So having conversations, speaking proudly of yourself, having enthusiasm about who you are, exposing secrets that aren't really secrets, being vulnerable and open, being able to tell your story with a period at the end and still being proud of who you are, and understanding that, again, you are a person and we are all flawed, and we're going to all say something or do something that may hurt someone's feelings, but you're still needed on this earth, and you still deserve to be heard. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. So I'm going to give you the floor, and you can talk about anything you want, lovely. Uh, your podcast, if you have an offer to promote, it's all yours. At, at, thank you so much again for having me on your podcast. I just truly appreciate you giving me a chance to speak to people. I love having conversations. And my podcast, Healing Through Conversations, it's a chance for us to be together and just talk about the things that help us heal. Um, I feel like everybody's life has a lesson. Everybody's life has a, a laughter, a laughing section. We all have a crying section. We all have sections about relationship building, um, enthusiasm. We can all talk about the flaws and the failures that we've had, but it's a chance to celebrate who we are. And I totally enjoy having conversations with everybody from every walk of life. Um, And if you're interested, I absolutely, it's at www.lovelyesteem.com and you can go in look at the calendar and see if it's something that you're very interested in. I just love having conversations with people. It brings me joy. And I enjoyed my conversation with you. Thank very, you very much. Thank I, you. It's one of the best I've had on the podcast. So thank you so much. Um, if you want to learn more about lovely and lovely esteem, I've listed the website in the description. So please look up lovely. She is Definitely, as her name says. So, uh, Lovely, thank you so much. Thank you, and continued success to you. Thank you.